The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. A shorter show coming up today. Doc Walker is going to be on the show. I'll have my keys to a win over the Cowboys tomorrow, an early smell test pick, and a prediction. Uh, of the game. Before we get started today, I want to tell you about mybookie.ag. If you are looking for a place to wager on sports, this is your place. If you've already got places where you're wagering on sports, get another place for a couple of reasons. Number one, comparison shopping on point spreads and money lines and pricing, etc. But if you use my promo code KevinDC, mybookie is going to match your deposit up to half the amount you put in. So if you open up an account with $1,000, they'll give you $500 to play with, 500 additional dollars. That's worth the price of admission right there. If you've never wagered before or you don't have a place to wager and you're looking for a spot, you want reliability, you want fairness on point spreads and pricing, and that's my bookie. You want to get paid if you win. My bookie has a running track record of being one of those places with a great reputation. Um, looking right now, uh, remember we talked yesterday about the NFC East odds and where Washington was in those NFC East. East odds. They weren't out yesterday for some reason. They came out. I'm looking at my bookie right now. The Eagles are still the favorite in the division at plus 175. The Cowboys are at plus 225. And then the Giants and Washington are both plus 350. That's really tight. Super close division odds entering week 11 of an NFL season. Uh, my bookie's got so many other prop bets. They've got every way to bet a game. Uh, so go to mybookie.ag and get that deposit match up to half your amount using my promo code, Kevin DC. You don't want it. You don't need it. But you're going to get it anyway. The Kevin Sheehan Show. Here's Kevin. <laughs> All right, boys and girls, tomorrow, Thanksgiving Day, Dallas and Washington for first place. Uh, the two names in the same sentence together, boy, they conjure up some memories, don't they? Um, not much more needs to be said. Uh, sarcasm to a certain degree. Both teams are 3-7, and seven, so there is that. Uh, but I am excited for the game. I am didn't think I'd feel this way maybe a couple of weeks ago, uh, but I am legitimately into this game tomorrow because I think the team's getting better. Uh, you know, I've bought into they're playing hard, they haven't quit, and I think they've got a chance to win this game. And I think the winner of this game is really going to have a chance 
to go to the playoffs as the division winner. I We talked about it yesterday with Cooley. My prediction would be the Giants right now to win the division because I think they're the best team, or at least they are playing the best. But, you know, they, they don't have an easy road um, in, and I think the winner of tomorrow's game is going to be right there uh, with a legitimate shot. I think the loser's in big, big trouble, uh, even though mathematically – they won't uh, be eliminated. Doc Walker is going to join us here shortly on the show. It's not going to be a long show today. Um, a lot of you aren't going to have time to listen to a long show as you get ready for the holiday. And if you're traveling today, you know, safe travels. Um, and obviously, um, let me just wish you the best of Thanksgivings uh, tomorrow. So I did put out a poll earlier this morning before the radio show, and I took calls on the following Um, question, and that is describe how you feel about tomorrow's Washington-Dallas Thanksgiving Day showdown for first place. Because I don't think everybody's into it. Um, And I gave three choices. You view it as a huge game. You're sort of curious. Or it's bad teams and you're not interested in it. And I think there's some of you that are out there that are like, you know what, three and seven, three and seven. Just tell me when Dan Snyder sells the team. You're in that mode. Um, we've got like 2,000 votes in to the poll, uh, my Twitter poll at Kevin Sheehan DC. 47.2% say it's a huge game. 36.6% say I'm curious, you know, intrigued. And 16.2% say uh, bad teams not interested. I am very interested in this game. Uh, you know, it's not because of the rivalry. It's not because it's Thanksgiving Day. I think the Cowboys all of a sudden are a more confident team. You know, their last two outings were good football uh, games against Pittsburgh. They could have been the one team to beat Pittsburgh. There were a couple of bad calls that went against them at the end of that game. They've gotten healthier. They went to Minnesota. I told you that I thought they had a chance last week to go to Minnesota, not only cover but win the game, and they did. I mean, it was a very physical, hard-hitting game. Washington also played in a game on Sunday that they won, but not as urgent, not as physical as it turns out. They were able to sort of coast uh, the final quarter and a half after Burrow got hurt. Um, But I think both teams are better than they were when they last played each other. Dallas certainly is. And I don't think either team is a horrible team. You know, I think the Jets are horrible. I think Jacksonville is horrible. I think... Um, you know, uh, who am I forgetting on, on the, the list of, of really bad teams? Um, that's pretty much the list of really bad teams. The NFC East has bad teams in it, and it's a bad division. But I think the Giants, Cowboys, and Washington are all playing better. You know, the Giants have won two in a row and three of their last five. Now, all three wins were against division teams, but they nearly beat the Buccaneers um, during that stretch. Dallas won uh, and snapped that four-game losing skid in Minnesota against a team that was red hot. Um, and they nearly beat Pittsburgh you know, uh, in their last outing. And we know what Washington's been. Washington's played five games. Um, not against great opponents, but their three losses, they're two and three in those games, and those three losses are by a grand total of seven points. So um, they're playing better. So I, I think you have two teams who aren't good but are playing better 
um, seem to to have a belief that they can make a run. I think both of these teams feel that way. And a run at 3-7 and seven this year in this bad division would mean a division title and a playoff game and a home playoff game. For Dallas, that actually means something. They had 31,000 fans at their last game, last home game against the Steelers. You know, Texas is not really um, apparently that concerned about COVID. Uh, and Jerry certainly isn't uh, overly concerned. And they've, they have a 25% capacity thing. They had 31,000 fans. A lot of those fans were Pittsburgh fans. Um, but this will be more of a road game for Washington. They really haven't played one yet this year. Um, it certainly won't be a packed house and loud. I mean, 2016, I was going through some of their – uh, pre, uh, previous Thanksgiving Day games against the Cowboys. That 2016 game when the Cowboys were nine and one, and Washington was six three and one coming off that Sunday night win over Green Bay. I'm not sure that I have ever heard a Dallas crowd that loud. That game is available on YouTube the entire game, and man, was it deafening in that place. And that was a great football game. It was a great football game. You know, Dustin Hopkins missed two kicks, which were critical. Um, he can't do that uh, tomorrow. Um, but I, I'm I'm into this game. I'm going to be really into seeing whether or not they can continue to play well if Alex Smith continues to look the way he's looked, if they can move the football, which they've done for five consecutive uh, games, not make as many mistakes, turn it into points, um, turn it into more points than they've been scoring. And, you know, if they win tomorrow uh, as an underdog against a team that all of a sudden people are a little bit more into, I mean, I'm not saying they're going to go to Pittsburgh and win. I don't think that'll happen. But it makes their their next three games, which on paper look like losses, sort of a stretch where you're like, if they can get one of them, then that's five, and then they go into their final two games of the year against the Panthers and the Eagles with a chance to really win a division in those two games. That's what tomorrow is. You know, tomorrow a win gets them to four and eight. They're not going to beat Pittsburgh. That's four and nine. And then you pretty much just have to split, I think, with the 49ers and the Seahawks to get to five, one of those two. And then you've got a chance going into the final two to win a division. Six and ten may do it. I think the Giants are going to get to six and ten, though. I think the Giants will win three more games, and that would eliminate Washington at six because Washington lost both of their games to the Giants this year. All right, today's show is brought to you by Window Nation today. Uh, And as a lot of us have been spending a lot more time at home, more than ever before, with winter on the way, Window Nation is offering something to our area and our listeners that you should take advantage of. If you've got older windows or if you want to save big on energy bills, or if you just want to upgrade the look and feel of your number one investment, your home, give Window Nation a shot. Right now, buy two, get two free with no limit. All right. If you need a house full of windows, and let's just say you got 20 windows, you're only going to pay for 10 of them. You can get a house full of windows for literally $75 a month. So that's cheap. Um, and you can get that by mentioning my name 
Kevin Sheehan. Window Nation's the best. I've talked about Harley and Aaron, the two brothers, the two entrepreneurs that started Window Nation. They're two of the smartest guys I know. They have built a fabulous company, and Window Nation will take good care of you. I've mentioned this so many times in the past, but still to this day, not one listener, not one family member, not one friend, not me, has ever complained about their experience with Window Nation. That's the one thing I can promise you, is you're going to get you're going to get a quality product delivered by quality people. And they're not, you know, if you have an issue, they're going to take care of it immediately. Call them at 866-90-NATION or go to windownation.com. Mention my name. You'll get a free estimate. So there's a no risk thing going in, you know, no risk deal going in. You get a free estimate. You don't have to act on it right away. Um, 866-90-NATION, windownation.com. They'll come into your home following all CDC guidelines to give you an in-home estimate, or you can get a virtual online estimate. And again, you're not going to be pressured into acting on that estimate estimate right away. You can shop it if you want. Uh, but if you've been thinking about windows and, th- and, and you've been thinking about saving big on energy bills this winter and upgrading the look of your number one investment, your home, give Window Nation a shot. I promise you, you will be thrilled with that decision. All right, before we bring Doc in, let me give you some keys to a win tomorrow. I've been thinking about this, and I think um, there are a couple of things that have to happen for Washington to beat the Cowboys tomorrow. First of all, they've got to protect Alex Smith in this game. The Cowboys are better up front than you think. Don't look at the statistics. Don't look at the rankings of anything. This is a different team. It's a healthier team. In the last two weeks, they have pressured the opposing quarterbacks. Now, they haven't always gotten home, um, but they've made it uncomfortable for Roethlisberger, and they did for Cousins last week. They put him into a position where he had to get the ball out quickly, and he had a big day. He did, but he was taking a beating in that game. He was pressured, sacked twice, fumbled once in the game that led to Cowboy points. Dallas's team speed defensively in their front seven is underrated, and they can get after the quarterback. Uh, I would really suggest in this game that Washington really try to run the ball like they did in the first outing. Remember in that first game, Gibson had 128 yards on 20 carries. McKissick had 35 yards on five carries, seven yards a carry. The team averaged basically nearly six yards a carry for the game, rushed for 206 in total. It was really the one game that Scott Turner had the intention of running the football. That was the game plan. Dallas ranked last against the rush. I think they still do. Tomorrow, Dallas is going to load up that box, man. I mean, they're not going to let Washington rush for six yards a carry and dominate the game like they did a month ago. Um, But... It's hard to load up the box on Washington these days. I mean, Alex Smith is decisive. The ball gets out quickly, and they've got playmakers in McLaurin and Sims and you know Cam Sims and Sims Jr. and McKissick, etc. They got to move the ball well, but to move the ball well, they're going to have to protect Alex Smith. They protect him with good balance in a running game, and then they they're really going to have to protect against pressure. Dallas is fast defensively. Again, misleading to believe that they don't have talent and speed in their front seven. Secondly, they've got to stop the run defensively. Zeke Elliott and Tony Pollard have gone off here in recent uh, weeks. You know, Zeke had that fumbling issue early in the year. He hasn't fumbled in four straight games. 21 carries last week for 103 yards. And how about Tony Pollard? Antonio Gibson's old teammate at Memphis. 
Uh, Pollard is averaging over five yards a carry. He gets somewhere between five and ten carries a game in spelling Zeke, and he's been great. He had five carries, 60 yards against Minnesota, averaged 12 yards a carry, had a 42-yard touchdown run in the fourth quarter to give him a lead. The week before that, or two weeks before that, because they had the bye week in between against the Steelers, nine carries, 57 yards, 6.3 yards per carry. Against Philadelphia, seven carries, 40 yards, 5.7 yards per carry. This dude in the last three games has gone 21 carries for 157 yards. Tony Pollard is more than just a change of pace. He's a really good first down back. You know, when Zeke gets a rest, um, they can run the football. And they got back to being a balanced team last week, running the football. Dalton had a couple of near picks, actually had one pick, and had a couple of them that were nearly picked. But we know they've got weapons, Cooper, Lamb, Gallup, uh, etc. Um, Washington's got to stop the run. It's something that they haven't done well, uh, you know, two out of the last three weeks against the Giants and the Lions in particular. It's going to be a big game for their linebackers this week. They've got to stop the run and make Andy Dalton um, beat them. And I don't know that that will be that easy, which is why, you know, offensively, if they protect Alex Smith and they can move the ball, they can use their offenses they have at times over the last five weeks as a really effective way of keeping the defense fresh and keeping the opposing team to limited snaps offensively. I think Washington could benefit tomorrow by being a more rested team. Both teams played on Sunday. Washington had the benefit of playing a game in which Joe Burrow went out and Cincinnati had no chance. They were able to literally play the last quarter and a half without any fear of losing the game. Dallas, in the meantime, was in a dogfight. That game was chippy. It was physical. Um, They were physical. They played desperate and urgent. So did Minnesota. It was a very good game. Um, They could feel the effects of that uh, coming into this game. Dustin Hopkins has to be better, period. He's got to make field goals uh, in this game um, because if he misses the two that he missed in 2016 on Thanksgiving Day, he misses two field goals in a game that I think is going to be close tomorrow. Um, That may doom them. So, you know, they win tomorrow if they protect Alex Smith and they protect him by being balanced, running the football effectively, but also getting him into a position where he can get it out quickly to playmakers. They need to possess the ball. They need to protect him. Dallas is better in the front seven than you think. Defensively, they've really got to stop the run, much better than they have over the last three uh, games. Detroit ran it against them. The Giants ran it against them. Cincinnati didn't really try. Um, but Dallas will with Elliott and Tony Pollard. Washington's got to be better against the run. Uh, I I think, you know, uh, from a special team standpoint, you know, Hopkins has to be good. You know, Tressway was the special teams player of the week. He was brilliant punting the football uh, on Sunday in their win over the Bengals. Um, You know, field position will matter a lot in this game as well. Uh, But I see a game in which both offenses have some success, and I'll have a pick for you later on in the show. All right, Doc Walker, right after this word from one of our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Washington and Dallas, Thanksgiving Day tomorrow. Uh, we've talked a little bit about the game. We now bring in um, a very good old friend, uh, Richard Doc Walker, who will join us here on the podcast for a few minutes to talk about the game. Um, we're not going to reminisce about the old 980 days for those of you wanting to do that. Doc doesn't do that. And the bottom line is this business, we might be together next week for all we know um, and back together again. Although I do just want to share one quick story, and that is there's this running joke between Doc and Tank, that would be CJ and me, and I forget who else participates. But when our team, and that would be the Washington football team, plays poorly we always text each other and we say your team stinks or your team your team is sorry and it's been a running joke for years and it always makes me laugh because whenever they lay an egg or whenever they do something stupid which is most of the time it is even money that within minutes I'll get a text from Doc or from CJ that'll just start Man, your team stinks. I don't think our team stinks right now, do you? No, not at all. They're inconsistent. They lack killer instinct. Uh, They got to play smarter to play a better team. And what we need is one quality win against a quality team. And I don't care if the teams are garbage or not. People think we're garbage. But can we play well enough to win a game if i'm part of their staff their organization i have to pride myself on our ability to get them game ready they're performers if you're a conductor of an orchestra and your orchestra is off key or missing notes or whatever the or the, the orchestra guy the conductor gets killed but in football it doesn't happen that way it's just a litany of excuses 
But bottom line, somebody's got to be held responsible for consistent failure. What are the keys to beating the Cowboys tomorrow? Because I think they're a better team than they've been here recently. I think they're much better than they were when we faced them a month ago. Yeah, they found themselves, and they did that. If you look at the Stiller game, they went toe-to-toe against Pittsburgh. Now, Pittsburgh could have probably cared less. and The coach, the human nature, they were awful by the time they played them. But I think they they woke up. We, we've got to do six things. The first thing is that, you know, David Sharp, our right tackle, he got by, you know, last week. I was scared to death with him in the game against Detroit. And if Lawrence and company are on his nose, he's capable. He's a big dude who has yet to fire his clip in the league. And he can earn himself some time in this in, in the National Football League with a performance. Morgan Moses went from right to left. Uh, he's played it in college. He's going to be tested. Our tackles are going to be tested because if we have to step up in the pocket. And Alex, if they can keep Alex clean, Alex can be good. And then Logan Thomas, who's going to have to help both of those guys. He's played well here of late. I loved him in Detroit. But he's going to have to chip. He's going to have to hack because our backs aren't their liability and protection. So Logan, to me, those three guys on offense. And on defense, if the Shays are Everett, even if he plays, he may not be the same guy. He scared the living crap out of the Cowboy receivers. That kid, 88, he was scared to death. And Apke can't beat DeShazer. But what he can do is not give up something over the top. And then Bostick has got to play the best game of his career so that John Allen and Deron Payne can get credit for what they're doing up front. Um, was this, were those the six things? Yeah, that's it. Sharp, Moses, Thomas, Apke, Bostick, and then Payne and Allen. Well, no, in, in order, for because I understand you're a statistician, the three guys on offense, to me, that if they don't play well, you don't have a chance. Sharp, Thomas, and Moses. Right. Defensively, if Everett is out, I don't know whether he's going to play. If he was in a boot last week, I would suggest he may need to set this out and take advantage of the long, because they need him. He's the impact player for them. After he came in, played better, made a couple of plays. And Bostic, he's got to play his butt off. In the run game, he's got to go through blocks, not around blocks, not under blocks. He's got to be a physical impact guy. And I don't know if he's got it in him, but he better show it. Six key uh, players in the game tomorrow. Everett would be huge for them. I mean, I think, you know, one of the things I've loved about him is he hits. He's an intimidator. They haven't had that back there uh, in a while. And Apke seems to misjudge space like where the ball's coming and how long it'll take to get there and how deep he's got to play. Um, he, he seems to be struggling. Um, what do you think of Alex Smith? Not we, We've talked enough about the, the inspiration, the recovery, the whole thing. I'm talking about his play over the last couple of weeks. He's been encouraging. I mean, he's, no longer, he's not hurt. I don't, he's not hurt. There's nothing wrong with him. He's just getting back into a groove. He needed the full week of number one reps. And I thought that that would even put him more because he's a guy, systematic guy, robotic. He needs that work. And he's going to get it. He's going to do it. If they protect him, they can win a lot. They can win with him. They can't. He's not the guy that's going to roll out of the pocket, but yet he's still got to move. He can't be stationary with this group up front. 
And then we need Sheriff and Ruye uh, and Schweitzer up front who've been good. They just got to have the games of their life. Big Nasty has got to have an all-pro type performance at right guard. And Ruye, who I gave him some slack because I knew the knee had been bothering him. And we're asking these guys to do this coming off a game they played on Saturday. And I don't know the injury update, nor do I care. But somebody in there has got to be stout because Dallas up front, believe me, they're capable of doing it. Now, this is schizophrenic as well. But now that they're busting watermelons and they beat you yeah. know, a pretty decent run game. They, oh, you know what, Kevin? They just needed to feel good about themselves. And they're trying to do that now. And the winner of this is in first place. I know it's a joke, but it's for real. Um, it is for real, and tomorrow, you know, it, it's a road. It's it's their first road game, like where there will be probably thirty thousand fans. There were thirty one thousand fans. You know, Texas is basically like its own country. They don't really, yeah. they don't follow the rules. They had thirty one thousand fans for the game against the Steelers. Oh um, yeah. So yeah. you know, the pandemic is not. It's not in Dallas. It's not in Texas. No, they don't. Well, they don't no. acknowledge it. Um, they don't, in, no, no, good in Texas. Um, good. So you, it sounds to me like you're pretty encouraged about your team. Like you think your team's on the rise here a little bit and they've got a chance tomorrow. I think, and again, I don't know who will lose from Saturday's win, but I thought they came out relatively healthy. And on a short week, that's imperative um, that they come out of it. Dallas had more physical contests with Minnesota. Yeah. And so that hurt. I mean, we were playing the Bengals, and once um, the kid got hurt, I loved watching him. I loved watching us against an elite passer, and all they did was play small ball. They dinked and dunked. We kind of held in, then we added a little more pressure. They don't get credit for it. Everybody, oh, since he got hurt. Well, well, he wasn't killing them on the scoreboard. He was chewing at some clock and completing passes. Yeah, but we will never know what would have happened. But I do know what happened. Just like we've lost three or four quarterbacks the last several years. So what? If the backup's garbage, that's your fault. Nobody cared about us when we lost all these people. So they won the game, and now we'll see what happens. Can I? May I ask you about a couple of players that aren't playing in the game tomorrow? You, you know the response. You won't get an answer. Just one in particular? I'll tell you what. Let me, let me preface it by saying he, he might play in the game tomorrow. I hope he doesn't play in the game tomorrow because that means 11 um, didn't play well or got hurt, God forbid. But do you think seven Haskins will get another chance here or not? Oh, Bob, yeah, Bob, I mean, he's the backup quarterback. What are you talking about? He could play. Right. So I'm allowed to talk. I'm allowed to bring him up. Yeah, he's active. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, he's active. Right. I forgot your rule. They got to be active. You won't talk about anybody that's inactive, not on game day no. or the day before, or you know, the, no. a couple of days before. Why would I? Why would I waste my breath? Right. So he is active. Yes. So let me. So instead of asking you, this is another issue. Instead of asking you a question about an active player about the game, I'd like to ask you a futuristic question about an active player. Is that acceptable? Okay. Yeah. Do you, in all seriousness, do you think that they're done with him? Yeah, I think they're done with him if the season ended tomorrow or after the games. Okay, so why? But, he, but he's one injury away and a couple of touchdowns to the victory from being their guy. They flip and flop. I mean, more than the whales. Come on, man. 
Right. How can you determine the future with this group? You can't. But let's just assume that your first instinct, and that is if the season ended or nobody gets hurt or he doesn't get in there and right. throws a bunch of touchdowns. Right. Why, why do you think he won't be a part of this moving forward? You are, and just let me finish, okay. you are a keen observer of you know the human condition. It's mm-hmm. something that you really know. You, you're, you're a terrific salesperson. You read the room well. You are a motivator uh, of young people. You understand young people. You've coached young people before. Why don't you think it's worked out for him here? There's something with his, it's a personality trait or a condition that nobody is dealing with properly. They didn't want him from day one, and I think the coach accepted it for the job. His first mistake. If he really didn't want to coach the kid that way, he should have been up front. Yeah. And then if Allen knew everything, how come he couldn't beat him out? And everybody close to the situation has told me that Simba actually outperformed him. Well, how could how can a guy that doesn't know what's going on be better than a guy that quote knows your system? So that's why I start smelling a rat. It didn't make sense. If Kyle Allen starts off and he's just better because he knows it. Maybe we get flashes because I thought he played well when he was in because of his legs and understanding it. Maybe it would have been better for Turner. That's the guy really this un, in the unenviable position because Scott's trying to make his mark. And it hindered him going with a guy he didn't want to deal with as opposed to a guy he wanted to. So that's what I'm saying. And all throughout this, if the guy is, as they've leaked out, lackadaisical in preparation and timing, then he's the easy guy to X out. I mean, you started off by saying he's got some sort of condition, and it's not like a physical condition. But Well, I don't know. I don't know because people, when the word, they throw out the word, somebody said the kid could be dyslexic. So if he is, well, then deal with it. But if he's not, who's throwing it out there? That's when I say I smell a rat. If there's something up, if a guy has anything, then let's deal with it. Yeah. But they took the chicken manure side of it, and that's what I hate about what they've done. If that's true, see, I don't know. I mean, you can, if you can't control when a guy gets to a building that you've paid $13, $14 million to, that means you're a lollipop. You know, <laughs> you're a lollipop. Because you think Bill Belichick and them guys have a problem getting somebody to come to work when they want them to be there? At some point, where's the quarterback coach, Zampezi? Where's the head coach? Hey, dude, meet me here. I want to talk to you. 6 a.m. Nobody did that? Are they afraid to talk to him? And that happens a lot. The African-American quarterbacks in this league and how they're dealt with, is that's, that's, that's no new. That's new. There's a communication gap and a void. And they don't deal with it properly at all. So you got three guys. You got the head coach, the coordinating offense, and the end quarterback coach. And none of the three guys can get a guy to do something you want him to do. And he's your, quote, captain? That's malarkey. But here's the thing that we both know. We both know that even if a young person is, let's just say, lacking in maturity, um, and you're trying your best, you will try hard and you won't give up if you believe he can actually do it. 
So that's where, for me, like, you know, I've been referred to by various people at the station over the years as Coach Sheehan. And to me, like, if somebody's got significant talent, you're going to work your ass off to make it work. You're going to try everything. You better believe it. And you so, better believe it. And so I'm wondering, really, because he does have some talent. At least I think he does. Skill. He's got a lot of talent. So there must be a massive, like, we can't, it doesn't matter about his talent. This just is never going to work. It's not worth investing in. That's what they would lead you to believe. Yeah. See, me personally, it comes down to the evaluation. If you if you watch Ohio State, first of all, I don't like guys that have the decisive advantage talent-wise as my quarterback. That's why I like the kid out of Duke because Daniel Jones. he wanted Duke. And also, his coach was a quarterback whisperer. So I knew that from the innate things and fundamental procedures that a quarterback has to be really into, I knew he, how he'd been trained. They're putting up bubblegum cards and comic strips at Ohio State. So, I mean, they got signs. Now, you telling me that they look over the sidelines and they're putting up pictures and then they go run a play <laughs> and four or five guys are wide open every play. Dude, that's a problem if you don't have the same talent. And then why don't you run them bubblegum cards that they put up for their quarterback? <laughs> <laughs> it is funny, right? And at Ohio State and places like that, they look over. There's a big old picture. Somebody claps three times. The quarterback does, and he throws fifty yeah. touchdowns. It's that exactly. easy. Yeah. yeah. And you think, and you don't do that, and you, and you, and yet you think you're surprised that there's a tougher transition. It's not like the league is floating around with Ohio State people. The Ohio State is in the winning college game. They're not. They're not set up. They don't give a crap about your position in the pros. So if you're going to do, I would do the same thing they do. If I take one of their people, I'm doing the same thing they do. And you, and they got McClurn. But what more do you need to know if Terry was their third receiver? I know exactly the talent. Yeah. 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 Um, I, uh, I hope he gets someplace where there are people there that want him to succeed. Because with somebody, if there is a maturity issue and it's a young maturity issue, you've got no shot in a building where people don't want you to succeed or have no yeah. interest in really investing the time. He's got to get to a place where there's somebody there and it's a somebody important that says, I believe in you and I'm going to give you a shot, but you know, you're going to have to do your part. But if you do your part, I believe you can be great. I don't think anybody's told him that since the moment he walked into the building. If you don't have what it takes to realize that being at home is an advantage, then you know, I hope he's in somewhere that – anywhere that they care. But he just maybe wasn't ready for this moment and maybe will for the next. And maybe pro football's maybe he's not cut out for it. He can go into finance, banking, whatever. He's got skills. But this is something that I don't think you can necessarily teach a person. I can't make you be hungry. I just can't. And if you plateaued and you think this is it, I think he's far more competitive than is being shown. I do too. I really do. Uh, I would bet on him, but he needs an, a, he needs an, an environment that's in do this, this, that it really is the open competition. I don't think anybody ever thought it was an open competition. 
Yeah, but, you know, like, but to your yeah. point, I wish they had just admitted that up front and then maybe exactly. they would have been able to get something for him in a trade. Yeah, um, yeah well, we never, we, we've blown every but, asset yeah. that's we've your, had. That, that's your team, that your team doesn't handle you know, it. No, I'm just saying. Yeah. So when is the last time we did that? We did it with Kirk. We blew it with Trent. Right. We, we, do, it, we do it the long way. <laughs> we don't take the shortcuts in math. We do take it the long way. All right, let's talk about the players that will be active and are going to play tomorrow. Um, Chase Young's season, how would you describe it? Oh, he's been damn good. He really has because he has forced the offensive coordinators to game plan him. They, they, They put two people. They put spies. They do what people used to do against Dexter and Charles and Ken Harvey, the people we've had. We've had premier pass rushers here before, so we know how people deal with them. So he's given us that back. Now, we and the injury set him back. When, a, when an athlete, I'm not telling you anything, you don't, you're a coach. The groin injury is the worst injury for an athlete because he's quick twitch, yep. he's spinning, he's dipping. So I think he was held back by that. But he still has garnered respect, and sweat has sweat has benefited immensely. Ryan has come in; they've so they've chipped. We it just hasn't been overwhelming because we don't win enough inside one on one. We got good pressure, not elite separation inside. John Allen might have had his best game as a pro yeah, last week. I agree. He was ferocious. Uh, who do you like more, McKissick or Gibson? I think 41 for me, um, he, he just has something that it intrigues me. I like 24. Um, but I tell you what, 41, sometimes it's just reckless. I love his recklessness. Both guys break tackles, but they get such a short sample size that, I have no idea. I just envision if they could simply get 18 to 20 carries in a game, one guy, we'd have a guy that would emerge. They're capable of being the bell cow, but that's not the way they want. They want to dribble them in. So you're going to be stuck with this. Do you think the offensive line has turned out to be much better than you anticipated before the season? And if so, why? Yes. H, yes. Because um, what Schweitzer has allowed him to do, he's a big physical freak who you can't bull rush him. He's got a, he's got a nastiness to him. He really does. And um, I think that, you know, Rouillet with the knee kind of set him back. Uh, big Nasty was nicked again. He's coming back trying to be himself. But people, I've seen people bull rush him now because Big Nasty is really great in open space. What make him a killer is that when they pull him, he can hit. Lebostic had this unique ability. Brandon Sheriff. He could hit a moving he's target. Talking, he's talking about Brandon Sheriff. Yeah, sure, they, they know exactly. Well, I'm I just this for, the, for those they that not. for those that weren't okay. sure. I just wanted to make no, sure. They, yeah. they may not. You're right. Brandon Sheriff, open field, unbelievable kill rate, and but we don't run that, so we, he doesn't get the chance to do what he does best. So. And then Morgan was coming on, highly reliable, cut down the penalties. People, you, you don't appreciate people until you lose them. Now you have to put him to the left. And I'm telling you what, now you're starting to see more 
quicker pressure from the right side. But Sharp may grow into it. Cornelius, I loved him. Yeah, big oh, big boy. God, I loved him. He came in. He wasn't playing. A veteran got in. You never heard his name. That's what I was looking for. He just lacked confidence. Big body, long arms. I love my guy 6'8", 340. I could work with him. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah. But again. In almost any sport. Yeah. But when you got to backpedal 70% of the time instead of going forward, you just had a disadvantage. Well, and you would, that's a way for, of you saying that you'd prefer to run the ball than throw the football. I prefer to set the tempo of the game up front and let you know that I'm going to kick your teeth in if possible. Right. Well, they if did. that works, I keep kicking your teeth in. If it doesn't, then I go to plan B. But I don't come out, and I'm not saying my way is right. I'm just saying that the people who are in the top five in the league all seem to think what I, like I think. Um, they did run it. They ran it very effectively. The Dallas game, the first Dallas game, was the only game that the offensive coordinator had the intention of of running it down their throat, and he didn't stop. You know, they just kept running it, and, and, and Dallas couldn't stop it. I've watched Dallas the last two weeks. I think they've got good team speed on defense. I think they're more talented than all the statistics say. What do you think? I agree. Dallas was just a matter of being motivated. They're, you know – they had low self-esteem. As much as we cared about them, those kids take great pride in wearing that uniform, and they were embarrassed. And um, and Nolan, their guy, I don't know what he was trying to do, stick a, stick a square peg into a round hole. But once talent gets in and they get their quarterback back, there's going to be a revenge factor because our guys knocked him out. It's going to be personal for them. And you better believe that if we don't, if we come out lethargic as we usually do, you get you can get smashed. But if we meet that intensity, realizing that our opponent is going to be hostile, then go in. And if Turner will go back to that plan and we'll go mano y mano, we're big and bad enough to smack them. And now we have things we didn't have before. Eighty nine has emerged. Fifteen is back. We can hurt you. I like throwing on first down. It's not Coach Turner's fault that Gibson threw the ball all over the ground, you know, and um, it was wide open. So, again, are we going to eliminate our mistakes? Are we going to come out hot? I don't know. We haven't done it yet. But if we do, yeah, we can go down there and kick their behinds. Um, what's it been like? Um, I mean, we've had the conversations with you about playing in this rivalry game many, many years. But, you know, it's going to be different tomorrow, even though there will be fans in the stands, but it won't be a, a, a sold-out crowd. But you've been down there for the last, I don't know, four or five Thanksgiving Day games calling the games. What's it been like down there on Thanksgiving? What's that, what's that place like, you know, hosting that Thanksgiving Day game every year? It's a, it's a great experience. Um, I am going through withdrawal because in my mind, I'm on that plane and I'm headed down and I love the hotel that, you know, we stay in. It's on the golf course and great place to go out, you know, get a little jog in. Food is great. Jerry does a great job with the Thanksgiving meal on, on game day. It's a spectacular facility. Their fans are ground level. So if you're a sideline guy, 
you get to literally walk right over to that little party and talk trash. <laughs> and so I've had so many moments, egg on my face. Well, I'll tell them about the fourth quarter. Hey, you want some advice? Y'all need to beat that traffic. I can get out of here now because this is over. And they would be, you know, laughing. Now, it's all in good spirit. We're laughing. And then I've done that before and had them Romo with one of those patented comebacks, and I've had to eat crow and go back over there and apologize. I've had um, I've had so many great inter- interaction with those with the people there and our fans who were there because we invaded. Right. We'd have a rally tonight. We'd be over at the sports bar and it would be packed, and all of our people, toothpick who you know he might still be going because he lives there. <laughs> yeah. But we have so many fans that travel. So cool dog, Larry. We just that becomes such a part of you because we have so much interaction with them. And many of them call your show, your multitude of shows that you do. And mm-hmm. I'll miss that. I miss that all the time. I just miss being ground level, man, when they're going after it. And then also the disappointment to seeing Crowder throw up all over himself, fumbling with the game getting oh, out of yeah. our hands before we even get started. So, yeah, man, you know, Tony Hill, Loffenberg, seeing the game day guys. Um, does Jerry nothing, does Jerry feed uh, when you say the meal yes. that Jerry does, so he feeds yes. you guys as well the the opposing team he, no all the media they throw oh, okay. out a five star right. spread for right. all the media and it is traditional turkey ham uh, mac and cheese uh, everything you can make collard green I mean he does right right and so you don't feel as detached from your family because at least you get a good meal. You know, everybody's – there's something about it, Kevin, when you know almost everybody alive is watching something that you're involved in. Right. You know, now usually they don't watch long because the game's out of reach by <laughs> before you go to half. But if it's a competitive game, then you know they're there. And when Bobby – when he lit that place up, <laughs> um, and then, you know, we said this, we had the same thing. Uh, he's not the only guy that won there. But we've had two unbelievable victories when the Longhorn came back and he got a win. Yeah, but that yeah, uh, that wasn't on Thanksgiving. Yeah. No, it wasn't, but still yeah, yeah. in Dallas. But Thanksgiving right. is unique. And then Clay, he's calling the oh, whole right. game. Yeah, right. You know, and uh so it's fun. What it's are you fun. doing? What what are you doing for Thanksgiving? You you got the Murphy's starting the game. Well, no, I'll be tweeting. I'm you know what I do. I have a lot of fun with our our fans on Twitter. Um because the next best thing to be in there is being involved on every play and having a series, every series and being able to mix it up with our fan base. And, uh, cause they're passionate about it. It, it calms me down because I can't throw a remote through a window. If I'm, if I need it to type, you know what I mean? So I, it keeps me, it keeps me settled. I really enjoy it. So, We've developed a relationship the past couple of games, and we'll continue to build on that, and um, and hopefully we'll be victorious again. All right. Um, I appreciate you doing this, and I want you to do it uh, more often. Um, it's not going to happen again, but I did owe you that because um, you are my guy, and uh, well, I definitely want to contribute to um, – you know your media okay. foundation and your <laughs> uh, what, no, you do a hell what, of a job. I enjoy it. This is okay. fun. 
I'm a regular listener, yeah, so yeah, it's good to be to be on for the one, first one, time. One of um, you know, one of Doc's favorite um, things to do when he calls you, and it's probably me, or he'll leave a message. Uh, are you on the air? I mean, this could be at, at ten o'clock at night. Hey, I'm, I'm not bo- I'm, I'm not bothering you. Are you on the air right now? Kevin, when are you not on? So that was that's been one of the running jokes over the years. <laughs> okay, um, that's always been uh, one of the things. Um, hey, did I did I catch you at a, you're, you're did I catch you at a busy time? Are you you doing? Are you at the game? You know, and, and this could be like um, the national championship game between Alabama and Clemson. You no, got a minute to talk, or are you at the game? Because he, I assume, I assume that's always been that a running you're thing at most with major you. Sporting events. Yeah, that's not true. You know, because you're setting the line, and the people that follow you and wage with mm-hmm. you in a very successful right. enterprise. <laughs> there, I do it's not successful this year. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, happy Thanksgiving to you, Carol, and the boys. Yeah, I, yeah, I yeah, hope Gabriel, you have a good Gabriel one. My best. Enjoyed it. How many of the guys coming home? Um, all three? Yeah, uh, all three. Uh, they're all oh, three. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. What about yours? Are all Give three home? Give them my best. Yeah, Big Al is here. Aaron's here. And Austin's coming the day after. He's with his girl. At her parents' place, and he'll be down Thursday. So right. we all we all watch the Terps together. And man, that Penn State game! Oh yeah, to be there to with his those brother, guys, Leah. Oh, it was unbelievable. He can play it, now. They're going to play. Oh, he's better than that. You know, um, I well, we both know that Loxley can sell ice to an Eskimo. Yeah, and he's got some players there, but the key is, and we've always known this: you got to have a quarterback, and they have one for yeah. the first they time since they Scott McBrien. I, th- I think they've got a chance uh, against Indiana on Saturday. I mean, they haven't played in a month after all of yeah. these COVID uh, cancellations, um, but uh, that'll be fun to see. And Maryland hoops open. You know, college basketball opens. Today. Yeah, Maryland Georgetown. Yeah, Maryland and Georgetown. So, yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, happy Thanksgiving. Love you, and we'll t- we'll talk soon. Love you back, and I'll talk to you next year. Ciao. Doc Walker, everybody. Uh, a good friend um, and someone we'll try to get back on the podcast a couple of times between now and the end of the football season. Uh, I told you it wasn't going to be a long show today. Wrap it up with this. I've got a smell test, an early smell test pick. I'll have the full smell test on Friday. The smell test was 11-7 and seven last week, 4-1 and one in the NFL. Um, and I've got a prediction on the Washington-Dallas game as well. Uh, the three pro games tomorrow, first of all, there may only be two. By the time you listen to this, it may be that Baltimore-Pittsburgh is postponed with all of the Ravens' COVID issues. Uh, the NFL does not want to postpone that game. They don't want to leave tomorrow night a huge, massive ratings night for the NFL. They don't want to leave it dark. Um, they're going to try to get this game played come hell or high water between the Ravens and the Steelers. Big rivalry game, important game for the Ravens. I'm sure the Ravens would like it to be postponed to get some of these key players back for like a Sunday game or a Sunday night game or a Monday night game. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me if that happens, even though the NFL probably is going to do everything they can they can do to play the game. But of the uh, the three games tomorrow, like if you told me I had to play every game, I would play every single underdog. Uh, Detroit is an anti-public underdog at home, plus three against the Texans. Uh, the Ravens are a five-point underdog on the road at Pittsburgh, and the public loves the Steelers in this game. And Washington is a three-point underdog at Dallas, and the public likes Dallas. I've got one pick of these three games, and it is Washington plus three. 
I'd lean hard Detroit and Baltimore, but I'm not going to give them out officially. There is sharp money in those games on the favorite, Houston, who just beat New England, um, and on Pittsburgh, and that's one of the reasons you've seen a, a significant rise in the line. It's all the way up to five, five and a half in spots now. I'm going to stay off that game if it's even played. Um, I will probably play Detroit, but again, not an official selection for the smell test. Washington is. Um, Washington's an anti-public play tomorrow. You know, it's funny about Dallas. Dallas is one of those teams that the public loves to play. And more times than not, if you ask any bookmaker or any, you know, head of, of sports books in Vegas or the guys that run shops offshore, they'll tell you that probably 80% of the time, a game involving the Cowboys, they need the other side. Because betters love to play the Cowboys. A lot of Cowboy fans, a lot of belief in Dallas's talent always and their mystique. And on days like Thanksgiving Day, they've got a 30-21-1 record, I think, all time on Thanksgiving Day. Um, the public likes Dallas. They didn't a few weeks ago, but the win over Minnesota, the close game that they played against the Steelers, has the public believing that you know, arguably the most talented team in the NFC East is on the verge of making a run here. You know, the other part of it, and we mentioned it earlier, I think, the Cowboys have the easiest schedule left of the NFC East teams. So the public's on Dallas. I'll take Washington plus the three as an early smell test play. There's some college games tomorrow, assuming they get played. I'd lean Colorado State and New Mexico, but I'm not giving them out. Um, Those are the two Thanksgiving Day college games. Colorado State is plus five and a half uh, at Air Force, and New Mexico is laying six and a half at Utah State. I will probably personally play New Mexico, um, but Again, I'm not giving those out officially, Um, although I do like New Mexico. Uh, The more and more I look at it, and I'm just looking at a piece of information right now, I do like New Mexico a lot. But the official play and the only play, early smell test play, is Washington plus the three at Dallas. I like like the Skins to win 26-23 in overtime, like a really good football game between two teams that are playing better you know, neither one's a good team. Um, the winner, uh, you know, as we discussed, you know, has a legitimate shot to really be a playoff team this year as a division champion. They've got the two easiest schedules, at least on paper, of the four teams in the division. Uh, actually, that's not true. The Giants, excuse me, have the second easiest schedule. Washington's got the second hardest schedule behind Philadelphia's in terms of remaining games. Uh, but. Uh, I like Washington to win. I've liked the way they've played here over the last five weeks. Uh, It wouldn't surprise me if Alex Smith has a big game, if they're balanced, if they are able to possess the ball and, you know, score. 26 would indicate a big day from Dustin Hopkins. And I think indoors or whatever it is there, I think he's got a chance to have a big day. You know, that Thanksgiving Day game in 2016 – wasn't a good one for him at all. Uh, missed two huge kicks in a game they really needed to have. Uh, lost by five, and they left six points off the scoreboard with his two missed field goals that day uh, in 2016. Uh, but I think he bounces back. I like his talent as a kicker, um, and I think they win the game 26-23 in overtime. Happy Thanksgiving. No show tomorrow. Uh, back on Friday with a game recap. 
Uh, but stay safe and enjoy this uh, this holiday and what's been a very strange year. I wish the best to all of you and thank all of you for all of your support um, throughout the year.